0: For 2,000 years, followers of Jesus have been praying a simple prayer, inviting the Holy Spirit to come and move in their hearts, to move in his church, and to minister through them with love and power in the world. Come, Holy Spirit. Come and move with power in our church. Come and move across our city to bring revival in our nation, in our generation. Come Holy Spirit is a prayer that has been prayed throughout the centuries to welcome the Spirit of God to come and empower His church as they shine a light on Jesus Christ in their generation. The early church prayed this prayer in upper rooms and catacombs and the Holy Spirit gave them strength to endure great opposition and the courage to stand firm in their faith. Peasant farmers prayed, Come Holy Spirit, in their villages rife with poverty and hardship and the Holy Spirit moved in power to provide and to protect to comfort and to heal. Parents have prayed this prayer in chapels and cathedrals and the Holy Spirit gave them wisdom to raise godly families and to empower the next generation to become Christ-like leaders in the marketplace and in modern medicine. Local churches have prayed this simple prayer when they were surrounded by hatred and injustice and the Spirit moved in their hearts to give them love for their enemies and to forgive those who had wronged them. And faith-filled pioneers have prayed this prayer on mission fields where the gospel had never been heard before and the Holy Spirit empowered them to make disciples of all nations. Every generation has found ways to pray this prayer and to welcome the Spirit to lead them and empower them as they follow Jesus. And this is the prayer that God's placed on my heart for Gateway in 2023, as we lead people to become fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. Come, Holy Spirit. Come and empower us to share the good news of Jesus locally and globally. Holy Spirit, you're welcome to come and move in our lives. Come and move with power in our church. Come and move across our city to bring revival in our nation, in our generation. Our first sermon series this year is simply called, Come Holy Spirit. And we're encouraging everyone to discover the spiritual gifts that God has given you to bless his church. And in the middle of the series, we're gonna have 21 days of prayer and fasting. And we're gonna pray this prayer together, believing for God to move in power in every generation, in every campus in 2023, as we serve him together. We're going to pray this prayer in our Alpha courses this year. We're going to ask the Spirit to move in people's hearts and minds as they ask the big questions of life and faith. And we're going to celebrate every time one person puts their faith in Jesus and gets baptised. We're going to pray this prayer and believe for God to move at our first ever Move Conference in July. MOVE Conference is a weekend when we're going to gather together all of our campuses to be inspired and filled with power to fulfill the mission of Jesus in our generations ministries, our care centres, in our neighbourhoods and around the globe as more people hear the call to shine a light for the gospel in dark places around the world. I'm really excited about all that we've got planned this year at Gabriel. But I'm also really excited about what we can't yet see. I believe that as we pray this simple prayer together, God will move in unexpected ways in our lives, in our life groups, in our Sunday services, as we welcome the Holy Spirit with an expectant heart and we make space to listen to His voice. I believe He'll speak to us and surprise us with His extravagant grace and miraculous power. Come, Holy Spirit, if you'd like to join in that prayer, would you stand to your feet as we pray together? Come on in all of our campuses, let's stand and lift our voices together in prayer. Let's pray out loud together the words of the prayer on this screen. Let's pray. Come Holy Spirit, come and move in our lives and make us more like Jesus. Come Holy Spirit and move in our church fill our hearts with astonishing faith for the miraculous and with extravagant love for every person that walks through our doors. Holy Spirit you are welcome to lead us with wisdom in 2023 and would you fill us with power as we serve you and fulfill your mission in this world. Come Holy Spirit Come and move in our lives, in your church, across our city and around our nation. We pray in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Please be seated. I wanna get straight into God's word this morning. If you've got a Bible, Acts chapter 16. Just open it up, get ready to scribble uh, some notes. If you don't have a paper Bible with you, look it up on your phone or your tablet, or the words will come up on the screen. Acts chapter 16, it says, Paul and his companions travelled throughout the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. When they came to the border of Mesia, they tried to enter Bithynia, But the spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. So they passed by Mesia and went down to Troas. During the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. All right, I got four U's for us today. Everyone say four U's. U's. I tell you, any preacher can preach three C, three P's. I don't think you even have to be saved to preach three C's, but four U's. That's remarkable. That's inspired by the Holy Spirit. If you're online with us this morning, why don't you just try typing in the chat and guess what the first four, what the four U's are? First one, I guarantee you won't guess. But the unction. Everyone say unction. unction. The unction. It's a word that's not used enough anymore. My grandmother used to sing a song that said, "There's unction in my gumption to help me function." Anyone remember that song? Or the grandmas in the room and Brad Case and It's an old song we don't sing that that often anymore, the unction means the anointing of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is on us and in us and and, and leading us to fulfill the function that He has for us. The unction of the Holy Spirit leads us to people who need Jesus. Paul and his companions, they, uh, they wanted to go into the province of Asia, what is now modern-day Turkey, and it says the Holy Spirit kept them. You know, they kept going and they, they, they wanted to cross the border of, of Bithynia and it says the Spirit of Jesus stopped them. Anybody else here like the footnotes for this moment in history? How? How did the Holy Spirit keep them? How did the Spirit... Stop them. You know, what was there? You know, a stop sign from heaven that came and landed in front of them? Was there thunder and lightning and, and it written in the sky, no Christians go any further? You know, was there some sort of magnetic force field? Was there an electric fence they came up against and they just couldn't, you know, safely get over it in their skirts they used to wear back in the day? You know, what, what was it that actually, you know, stopped them? And the answer is we don't know. We don't know what the Holy Spirit did, but my hunch is they were simply listening to the whisper of the Spirit. They were just motivated and guided by the unction of the Holy Spirit. I don't know about you, I don't have too many magnetic force field moments. I don't have too many thunder and lightning kind of moments. I've just got to sit on my milk crate and listen to the whisper of God's Spirit. What is it that God's saying to me in this season? And and I think if it had been anything more demonstrative than this, Luke, the historian who records all sorts of miraculous signs and wonders throughout the book of Acts, he would have told us. I think just as a a group of believers, they, they simply listened to the whisper of the Spirit, the unction of the Spirit led them to people who desperately needed Jesus. We've seen this, you know, in our history, you know, as a church, just at time, You know, we celebrate again what God is doing through the ministry of Bloom in Cambodia. And we hear the stories of lives that have been changed uh, by Jesus. And it started, you know, with a lady in our church named Ruth who simply, you know, woke up in the middle of the night and felt like, you know, the Spirit of God said to her, I want you to go to Cambodia and teach girls' rest rescued from sex trafficking, how to make sugar flowers. I mean that is as crazy as a vision from a man of of Macedonia saying, come and help us is probably crazier. As I listened to a story, I just sensed that God was in it. And I found myself for the first time ever in Phnom Penh in 2008. And we we're just investigating what it would mean to establish a training center for girls rescued from trafficking. And I got to the end of the week, and I've got to be honest, in my head, I'm going, this is too hard. Uh, we, we don't know how to do this. But as we were saying goodbye to, uh, to Nita outside the brothel that she still uh, lived in, I'm sitting in a tuk-tuk, about to get on a comfortable plane to come back to comfortable Brisbane. I just felt the whisper of the Spirit say, do it for Nita. She's worth the effort. And I'm so glad that as a church, we followed the unction of the Holy Spirit and we celebrated with hundreds of girls that have been set free, that have come to know Jesus, found hope for the future, and can I just give us a little bit of encouragement on Vision Sunday that we gave an unprecedented gift this last Christmas of $347,000 to actually <laughs> to establish an early learning center so that the next generation will never face the horrors of human trafficking. Incredible gift. See, as we listen, as we follow, the unction of the Holy Spirit leads us to people who who desperately need Jesus. That's what I'm praying will happen at Move Conference for many of us in a couple of months' time. You know, I was sitting at a leadership conference in 2011, and for many years before that, I had a real passion in my heart to plant churches. When I was at Bible college, I'd drive around Sydney just looking at places I thought be good places to plant a church, but I never did it. I got to Brisbane, loved being part of what God was doing at Gateway, still this passion to plant churches, but had never done it. And then I was sitting in this leadership conference, I heard someone just talk, you know, about this treasure in jars of clay. You know, the all-surpassing power, the greatness and glory of God lives in just broken people like you and me. And I realized in in that moment that, that, you know, there was a lack of confidence in my heart that God could actually use me to be part of planting churches. But in that moment, we're all given just a little broken piece of clay that looks just like this. In that moment, I felt like, God, just say, you are, you know, a broken clay vessel, but I've put my power in you to see people come to know Jesus. And I wrote on this bit of clay, it's still sitting in my desk to this day, it says, God, I am willing to plant churches in Australia for the next 20 years. Holy Spirit, help me to hear your voice and give me the courage to obey. 15th of October, 2011. And at that point, we'd never planted a church. But the next year, we planted our Ormo campus. And then in the years to come, we kept planting in Redlands, and Logan, and then in the city, and then our online campus. And I believe God is calling us to keep planting more churches because in all of those places, more people have come to know Jesus than would have walked through these doors. But there's a confidence in my heart. That's what God's called me to do and to be part of leading a church that does that and now to be part of leading a movement of churches, a Queensland Baptist, empowering every church to to look at where God is calling them to plant another church to reach more people for Jesus. That that, that moment, impact of my life, change the trajectory of my life. And I'm believing that for many people as we come to MOVE conference. We will hear God's word for ourselves that we are broken vessels. We are jars of clay. But his all-surpassing power and greatness, his glory lives in us. It's a gift that he's given us to actually shine a light on Jesus you know, throughout this world. Really looking forward. Move conference, middle of the year, all our campuses coming together. I believe we're going to pray that simple prayer, come Holy Spirit. God's going to speak to us about our future. At Troas, Paul has a vision of a man from Macedonia saying, come and help us. And it says, they got ready at once. You see, there's an urgency. There's an urgency to share the gospel. When the Spirit fills us, the Spirit fills us with an urgency to share the gospel. They got ready at once, but there was a big sacrifice involved. You see, they wanted to walk into you know, the, the province of modern-day Turkey because they could walk there. They were land lovers. They weren't across the border of Bithynia because they could walk there. But to go to Macedonia, they had to get on a boat for a couple of nights and they weren't good boats and they couldn't swim. There's no jet skis. There's no life jackets. There's not even any floaties. If the boat goes down, they drown. And they were scared of the sea. In fact, they were so scared of the sea, they think it's a good idea that there is no waves. There is no ocean in in heaven. I am praying like mad that that is metaphorical when I get there. This is a sacrifice. But they got ready at once to go and share the gospel because the Holy Spirit had filled them with an urgency to share the gospel. But there's a change here in verse 10 that I, I don't think we see automatically. You see, Acts 1.8, Jesus says, you know, don't go anywhere, don't do anything To you're filled with power from on high, power from my Holy Spirit, then you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. The next 15 chapters, Luke the historian is recording that happening, ordinary people filled with the power of the Holy Spirit to actually tell people about Jesus, to be Jesus' witnesses. He tells the story well. But then in verse 10 here in chapter 16, there is a change. I'm just going to put verse 10 up. And uh, I want us to see just two little words that is a significant change. It says, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. The change is simple. The change is from third person to first person. Luke, the historian, becomes Luke, the missionary. Luke, the doctor, becomes Luke, the evangelist. And he's still known as Luke, the evangelist for the next 2,000 years. He's celebrated all over the world. But this is the moment he joins the team. He becomes part of the mission team. And as I've reflected on this verse over the last couple of months, I really believe, you know, this is an invitation for all of us. It's a call for us in this season. As a church, you've just heard about it. We are good at celebrating. We are good at supporting those in mission. We we are good at telling the stories of what God is doing around the, the world through Gateway Beyond, and we're going to keep doing that. Don't get me wrong. It's an important part of who we are. But I believe, you know, what what God is saying to us in this season, that he's calling all of us to join the mission team. None of us can change the world for everyone, but we can all change the world for someone. We're called to be part of seeing people come to know Jesus as he fills us with the power of the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you a really, really simple way we can all join the mission team in 2023. This is as simple as it gets. Invite someone that you live, live, work, and laugh with to come to Alpha and come with them. Let's join in the mission team. And I'm praying that some of you who do that will have the joy of standing in that baptistry this year that someone puts their faith in Jesus Christ as they come to know him. See, the Holy Spirit, the unction of the Spirit leads us to people who need Jesus. The Holy Spirit fills us with an urgency to share the good news. And maybe if you're here this morning, you realize I just don't have that urgency. You need to pray that simple prayer. Holy Spirit, come and fill me. More of you and less of me. Third you this is a pretty cool you. There's three yous in the third point. All right, this deserves a round of applause. The Holy Spirit leads unexpected people in unexpected places to plant unprecedented churches. Come on, can you hear an amen for three years in the third point? Some of you aren't as excited as I am about getting those uh, three years in there. But let me just read a little bit of what happens of when Paul and his mates land in Macedonia. This is the city of Philippi that they come to. It says this, On the Sabbath, we went outside the city gate to the river where we expected, see what they expected to find was a place of prayer. We sat down and began to speak to the women who gathered there. One of those listening was a woman from the city of Thyatira named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth. She was a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. When she and the members of her household were baptized, she invited us to her home. If you consider me a believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my house. And she persuaded us. You see, the first person to put their faith in Jesus in the city of Philippi was a wealthy businesswoman named Lydia. And Lydia was a worshiper. She she actually had sympathy in her heart. She was seeking the God of Israel. She hadn't become a proselyte. She hadn't converted to Judaism. But she wanted to know the God of Israel. And as they went there expecting simply to find a place of prayer, they found that God had already unexpectedly answered some of their prayers. And as they begin to share the good news of Jesus with Lydia... God is at work in her heart, just softening her heart, preparing her heart to receive the gospel, and she does, and her whole family comes to faith and gets baptized. A whole family is redeemed. I want to encourage you today. God is at work in people's heart, in your office block, in your neighborhood, in your family in ways you can't see. As we follow the model here of Paul and we just go to our place of prayer, God is going to work in unexpected ways. There is a lot of Lydias in our nation, there's Lydias in your workplace. L- Lydia's came and filled these pews over our Christmas season. There is a sympathy towards Jesus. They haven't converted. They haven't put their faith and trust in Jesus, but they kind of, you know, like the notion of Jesus. If you just read your Facebook feed or some certain news outlets, you would think that the whole of this nation is full of angry atheists. It is not true. There's Lydia's everywhere. In fact, research right now says that one in three people will come to church if they're invited by a friend. That that ratio gets better if you're under 25. It goes to one in two. So if you're old like me, you'll get rejected two out of three times. If you're young, you're only going to get rejected every second time. Good odds. Better than playing the lottery. There's more joy in heaven. When someone comes to know Jesus and when anyone wins the lottery. There's a lot of Lydia's in our nation just waiting for an invitation to Alpha, waiting for an invitation to church. You will get rejected, but not every time. Second convert's actually really, really different person, different background, different socioeconomic status. It's a tormented slave girl. And she's following Paul and his team of evangelists, you know, around town. And every time they go to speak, she's crying out, these men are servants of the most high God telling you how to be saved. And it says here that Paul got so annoyed that he drove the spirit out of her and she was set free. I love that. Paul, the apostle, Paul, the writer of half the New Testament, got annoyed. It gives me hope (laughs) that God uses ordinary people like me who get annoyed, who make mistakes, who put our foot in our mouths. I'm telling you, God is willing to use anyone that's available Anyone with a little bit of expectancy in their hearts that he has power to save today, power to break through, and this poor, tormented girl gets set free. I know Jesus still heals like this today. I have my moments of doubt, I admit it. I'm surrounded by by suffering and pain. I have my moments of doubt but I've only got to look at my own family. My mum was miraculously healed of agoraphobia after 20 years because a pastor sat in our lounge room on a Monday morning and prayed for her in Jesus' name and she was set free. And a woman that locked herself in her house for two decades has now walked halfway around the world. My dad suffered with asthma, his whole childhood, and all of his adult life until he was about my age, about 50. I I wheeled him into hospital when he could hardly breathe. And, and, And doctors kept him alive. But when he was about 50, he was in a church like this, and someone had a prophetic word about God wanting to heal someone of asthma. And he responded to a word. He said, you're going to run around the building seven times. And my dad wouldn't normally do something like this. In fact, I don't think I've ever seen him run except for that occasion. He ran around that building seven times and God miraculously healed him of asthma. That puffer that was on his body my entire life up until that point, I've never seen him carry it again. I don't know why God heals like that. I just know he does. My own daughter darkest days of our life when she had anorexia God broke through she just went skydiving this morning, crazy girl but God has given her strength physically and mentally and spiritually and part of the way that he healed her was her taking a huge risk to go to Cambodia and work at Bloom for 12 months straight after school And as she served others, God healed her heart. I know God still heals today. He breaks through in unexpected ways. I I believe God is putting prayers in our heart for this year that are unprecedented prayers. But they're only unprecedented for you. They're unprecedented for your family. They're unprecedented for the situation you're walking through right now. But they're not unprecedented in Scripture. They're not unprecedented in history. And some of us today need to take hold of the faith that that God gives us as we look at what he's done in the past and we begin to believe that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Do we believe that this morning? He's still... Whatever that unprecedented prayer is writing in your heart, take hold of the faith that you get from seeing the precedent in history. You know, that the mystery of God, you know, is shaped, shapes the history of expectant believers. I just believe God is is, is putting expectation in hearts. He's putting confidence in hearts. He's putting faith in hearts. He'll still move in unexpected ways unprecedented ways. He's putting faith in our hearts for the prayer that he's writing on our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Third convert in uh, Philippi is a tough old jailer, probably a Roman army officer who's uh, bowed down to all sorts of gods as he's gone out to war. And as Paul and Silas and his buddies are are put into prison for uh, healing this slave girl and causing a commotion in the town, They're in there and they're praying and they're praising God and they're believing for a breakthrough. And God does break through. The jail doors swing open at midnight as they're praising God. And they could have all escaped. And this tough Roman jailer, you know, comes into his place of responsibility and he sees that he's failed because he thinks everybody has escaped. And Paul, he's about to kill himself. He's about to end his life. And Paul says, don't do it. We're still here. And he preaches the good news of Jesus Christ. And listen to what it says. At at that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. Then immediately, everyone say immediately. immediately. He and all his household were baptized. I actually wrote this message about two months ago preparing for today. But as I was just praying during the week and reading over this passage, that word immediately just hit me. Here's a man who's probably never heard the gospel before. Here's the gospel about Jesus dying on a cross to save him from his sins and rising from the dead on the third day and giving him the gift of eternal life if he'll receive it. And he says, yes, please, I can't deny that this God is real. Immediately. He gets baptised. He hasn't done a baptism class. He hasn't read the whole Bible cover to cover. He's got a whole bunch of excuses why he should wait to get baptised, but immediately he got baptised. I just felt it's a word for some of us here today. I don't know what your excuse is for not being baptised yet if you've got faith in Jesus as Lord and Saviour. Maybe you don't think you've read enough, you don't know enough. If you've got faith that Jesus died on the cross to forgive your sins and he rose from the dead on the third day and he's given you the gift of eternal life, there's no reason you can't get baptized. And I don't know whether your excuse is you don't have a towel, and I doubt that's your excuse. But just in case, I want to give you a towel, and Susan and Brad are backstage with a whole array of clothes for anyone. Male or female, there's some people here today you're going to get baptised immediately. You know God's speaking to you now. We had two people at 8 o'clock just walk down the front, put their faith in Christ, got baptised. There's some of you here today, you've had all sorts of excuses, but today is your day. You can come with your family, you can come with your friends. Come, get baptised. Just a few minutes' time, because I haven't finished my fourth you. Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit binds His church together in unity. It was my favourite song growing up. Bind us together, Lord. So the guy at the front would always say, oh, "Let's do something different today. Let's all hold hands as we sing this." And I'd try and squeeze my way next to Susan and one of her friends, <laughs> and I'd nearly always get it wrong. I'd end up two hairy, sweaty men. <laughs> and one of my mates would be sitting next to Jesus. I didn't want to bind anyone together in love. I wanted to punch someone in the face. (laughs) But the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit moves, binds, you know, a whole disparate group of people together in unity. This is the first church in Europe, and this is started by a wealthy businesswoman, a tormented slave girl, and a recently suicidal jailer and never before had people from different socioeconomic statuses, different nationalities, different backgrounds, sat together around a table in the Roman Empire. They didn't do it until the church arrived, and then the church kept doing it. They kept welcoming everyone around the table like Jesus had done. And that is the heart, that's the vision of this church, that everyone who walks through those doors is welcoming welcome to come and experience the unconditional love of God. We're never going to water down the truth that Jesus is the only way to the Father, but every single person is welcome to come, and it's going to continue to be a testimony to our culture. The love of God Binds people together. The Holy Spirit within us brings different people together, loving one another, welcoming one another. This crazy bunch of misfits, first church in Europe. This is modern day Greece. You know, from here, the gospel continues to spread, churches keep getting planted, and in 250 AD, Christianity becomes the dominant religion of the Roman Empire. The church fathers in Rome emerge. The reformers in Germany, centuries later, come and get the church back on track. The Church of England rises up and plants churches, you know, all over the UK and around the world. This little bunch of Baptist breakaways break away and get us back, you know, to, to the roots and the, the truth of the gospel and continue to plant churches and take the gospel to the ends of the earth, to Australia, plant churches around Queensland. And in 1928, they opened the doors on this little hall in Holland Park, and nine kids turned up for Sunday school to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. And from there, the gospels continued to be preached and people have come to know Jesus and it's been taken all over the world and churches have been planted so that more people in more places can come to know Jesus. What we're a part of today, it's always been the heart of God. It's always been the plan of God and he never, ever expected anyone to do it without being filled with his power, with the power of the Holy Spirit power of the spirit unction of the spirit leads us to people who need Jesus Holy Spirit fills us with power with an urgency to share the gospel Holy Spirit leads us to unexpected people, God's at work in people around you in ways you can't yet see unexpected places to plant unprecedented churches The Holy Spirit works powerfully in the hearts of people that are so different from one another bring us together in unity as a testimony to our community that Jesus is alive I invite us to stand this morning would you just begin to pray that prayer with me come Holy Spirit come and just open your arms Close your eyes. Just pray calm, Holy Spirit. What are you saying to me? God, this morning, by your Spirit, would you write a prayer on our hearts? God, write an unprecedented prayer. We know we can't do it in our own strength and in our own power. Completely dependent on you. Would you give us faith? Faith, God, that we believe there's a confidence in our hearts that you're going to answer that prayer. That you will move in power. You will draw more people to yourself. God, right now, write your prayer on our hearts. Just listen, just for a moment. Come, Holy Spirit. I want to invite our prayer team and our pastoral team to come down the front. I want to encourage you, just respond to the unction of the Spirit this morning. If there's a prayer in your heart and you're looking at that prayer it might be a prayer for your family it might be a prayer for your business it might be a prayer for healing it might be a prayer for salvation it might be a prayer to see whole families redeemed you know that that prayer cannot come about but by your strength and by your power and this morning you just say Holy Spirit fill me with your power give me your wisdom come Holy Spirit I want to be part of this I want to be part of seeing you work. I want to be part of miracles. I want to be part of seeing lives changed. Come and fill me with your power. If that's your simple prayer this morning, just start to come. Don't wait for the team to sing. Just start to come. Let someone pray for you. Some of you here, your response today is to get baptized immediately. Don't put it off any longer. If you've got faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you believe he died on a cross to forgive your sins and he rose from the dead to give you eternal life and you would publicly declare that in front of people, don't make any more excuses. Sarah is going to be down here. She'd love to give you a towel. Tim and Susan are backstage with a whole array of different types, sizes of clothes, men's, women's. There'll be something there for you. We'd love to celebrate with you today as you get baptised. Just come with your family, come with your friends, come and see Sarah. But if if you really do want to get baptised, but you would want to wait for some family and friends to be here next week, just come and get a towel. Just come and let us know. But I know, I know there's some people here today. You're going to do it today. But come on, just start to come. There's more of you that need to come. You're just saying, God, I want more of your power. Come Holy Spirit, fill me with power, fill me with love, fill me with wisdom, give me faith for the unprecedented, give me faith for the unprecedented in my family, give me faith for the unprecedented in my neighbourhood. I don't know what the prayer is that God's writing on your heart, I just know He's writing miraculous prayers on hearts. Come on, just start to come. Holy Spirit, come and move in power. Come and move in our hearts. God, would you give us a confidence today, a confidence in your power, a confidence in your ability to break through what looks like humanly impossible. You've done it before, God. God, give us confidence that you can do it again. Fill us with power today, God, the power of your Holy Spirit. Fill us with faith for breakthrough, I pray. Come on, just continue to come as the, the team leads us in a song, which is a prayer. Come on, let's go. into If you're sitting in your seats, just sing out this prayer together over our church. Come, Holy Spirit. saying to you, as you pray, come Holy Spirit. You can connect with us at gatewaybaptist.com.au and let us know how Jesus is changing your life.